Living the Dream acknowledges the traditional owners of the land it is recorded on, especially the Jagera and Turrbal peoples, elders past, present and future, and their continuing struggles for justice and self-determination. Podcast. Living the Dream is an irregularly published anti-capitalist podcast from Brisbane. You're listening to Living the Dream and this is Dave here and I'm currently sitting on the train station uh, waiting for my train to take me to the Brisbane Labor Day Rally for 2018. Uh, I'm taking my recorder along. My hope is that I'll be able to do some vox pops along the way, um, probably with people I already know, but if I'm feeling a bit more courageous I might approach some strangers. Uh, Labor Day, which is, the, I guess, the iteration of May Day up here under its kind of laborist social democratic form in Brisbane, is, is kind of unique in the Australian situation. If you go to most other capital cities, your May Day rally is pretty much made up of uh, diehards um, and for both the union movement and of the socialist, revolutionary and anarchist lefts, lack of a better term. Brisbane, it's unique because it's a public holiday and the unions mobilise a considerable amount of people. I think the average numbers for the Brisbane rally are normally between five to 10,000 people. This year, it's been subsumed within the Change the Rules campaign. In fact, um, the 12 days of action that the ACTU are currently running for Brisbane, that w- basically all they did was rebadge the Labor Day rally as a Change the Rules rally. So it's interesting, I think, to go along today for a number of different reasons. Um, Comrades and I have been having a number of conversations about Change the Rules and what it all means. I guess there's one debate which is about, well, what is actually the content of the politics that is being offered by the trade union leadership? Um, What Change what rules and how? And change them to what rules? And, you know, there's more detail that has come out from the ACTU about this. There were six demands that were were made, but they've kind of disappeared off the website. Sally McManus, the head of the ACTU, gave a very interesting speech to the, uh, I guess, social democratic think tank per capita recently. Really interesting in the sense that here we have the leader of the trade union movement, and she said, what do workers need? And her answer was arbitration that what the ACT will be fighting for is a return to arbitration. So the state-enforced mediation of the capital labour antagonism with some kind of emphasis on fairness, then also added in a dollop of Keynesian speculation that if this happened, this would lead into a rise rise in wages and this would therefore um, solve the problems of capital accumulation. So there you have it from the horse's mouth, really, in terms of... um, the trade union leadership, what they imagined by change the rules. But I guess many people to the left of the trade union movement see the rise of Sally McManus and the development of change the rules as an opportunity that um, after years and years of just complete um, milquetoast quietism from the union leadership, this change in rhetoric, a focus on wages, a focus on um, inequality and a willingness to struggle. And also, you know, let's pay the devil their dues so you know Sally McManus will also talk about um, you know the need for um, to break the law and to break unjust laws and personally I you know uh, I think Sally McManus is like a a breath of fresh air compared to the history of union leaders that we have had um, for a very very long time now but I guess you know a conversation comrades and I have been having is like really is this an opportunity like is this having any kind of resonance um, within 
the broader working class. And I think part of going along to today's rally will be able to see see the numbers. Like, did the, were the unions able to concretely mobilise people, have this demand landed with people, and will there be more than the usual amount of people that turn up? And then I guess there's the other thing is, like, what do you mean by an opportunity? You know, how does a um, poorly, you know, uh, broadly talking about a kind of milieu of anti-capitalists, uh, revolutionaries, people to the left of social demo- democracy, is there actually an ability for us to relate to a political project um, being led by the ACTU leadership when you have a situation where that entire project, there's no real space for democratic participation. You know, there's no on-the-ground campaign groups. There's no place where an ordinary member of the class can come together and say, I want to participate in determining this struggle. Added to the fact that most unions um, today have, at the best, only minimal levels of um participation by the members or any kind of level of democracy. And I think it's important to understand that that varies from union to union and it varies from industry to industry. So I think there are some workplaces and some unions where there are still some forms of uh, worker participation in the life of the union. But certainly, (coughs) that's not my experience. Um, In fact, I'm kind of interested going along today as well to see, you know, part of participating in marching with my um, union is to see if I recognise anyone from my workplaces as a way of starting to go, okay, is there something we can do here? Because the last six weeks I've emailed um, my organiser three times to say let's um, get some kind of meeting going where people can get together and we can talk about uh, what's going on in our industry, but I have not even received a reply. So um, I think there's a, it's going to be pretty interesting today to see kind of the, you know, the proof is in the pudding um, about is change the rules having an impact in the class and what that uh, impact is. Now, my train is rocketing down the tracks at the moment, and I think one of the other things that's really interesting about Labor Day is you see all the people get on your train, and when you come back, get off your train, and you realise the kind of um, spread of... Your, uh, of uh, fellow workers uh, through the suburbs, and it's always a question for me about how could we organise that. All right, well, I'm going to jump on my train and do some box pops along the way. So I got here a bit late. Um, looking at the moment, trying to find where my union is. I can't say that I particularly think so far it is bigger than last year. I'm walking past Teachers Union, a couple of hundred people. I think all up, we're still looking about 10,000. I'm going to see if I can proceed through the rally and like, find my section. And as would have it, we've just run into John, other host of Living the Dream. John, what are you doing? I'm just enjoying myself on a beautiful, cloudy Brisbane day. Well, I recorded, day March. I recorded an intro before I came in on the train saying that I thought the questions were... Are we going to see larger numbers? Has Change the Rules resonated more broadly within the class or is it the standard Labor Day? Um, What is the content of the politics that's actually on display? And is there a point where what we might call, for lack of a better term, the left have a point of actually orientating towards it? That's what I said on Dara train station. Thoughts? Well, I will. All right, so, look, I'm wearing a Change the the Rules t-shirt and... You know, like it is. I, I I do get the feeling that it's a pretty good pretty good turnout today, and I haven't really seen much by way of what actual change the rules means fundamentally. Though, like it's a good slogan, but you need to fill that slogan with content. And as we've kind of spoken about vaguely on the show before, this was a slogan that kind of came into existence without 
any real structure of meaning around what changing the rules would actually mean. Particularly, it's lacking content around the right to strike, I think. And it's really focusing sort of more on kind of ending in a way, the um, enterprise bargaining system, which is what Labor introduced as a way of getting around the accord in the 1980s. So this is sort of maybe a historical shift away from kind of enterprise level bargaining to something else, maybe. But in the end, it's it's kind of also a little bit iffy on, on, on actually what the Labor Party means by change the rules. And is it something that the radicals can use? I don't know. What do you think, Dave? All right, well, I'm, I think I'm going to use this opportunity to talk to Griffs. All right, do it. Griffs, you're a venerable member of the anti-capitalist left. You've been to many of these Labor Day rallies. Yep. Do you think that change the rules is having an impact on the size of this Labor Day rally? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see much of an impact uh, generally. But this is a big, this is a big Labor Day today. I think mm -hmm. I mean, it's bigger, significant. Our contingent, the NTU contingents, significantly bigger than last year. So Do I, I don't know how much change the rules has resonated. I mean, we've all seen the TV ads, but what's your general opinion on the change the rules campaign? Um, I think the problem is that it's. It, it doesn't have an edge to it. Um, I mean, everyone knows everyone knows that uh, workers are losing out, and uh, you know wages are being suppressed. Uh, employers want to sack workers and cut wages. That's what that's what's happening in the real world. Um, but you know, the real issue is the right to strike, and that's what should be on our T-shirt: the right to strike, not not just something vague like change the rules. Are we being particularly cynical if we think this is going to be rolled into just a vote Labor campaign? No, I don't think that's cynical. I think that's exactly what's happening. I think the real question isn't isn't simply that. It's whether, uh, if a Labor government's elected, is the union movement going to be serious about putting pressure on? And the truth is that hasn't been our experience in the past, has it? No, it hasn't. Hi, Francis. How are you? Good. Are you enjoying the rally? Mm. That was a nod. Yeah. And I've run into old friend and comrade Paul Norton. How are you, Paul? I'm okay, Dave. Yeah. Paul, we're trying to talk about today if we think um, the change the rules demand has had kind of any impact, really. Do you think the rallies, what do you think about the size of today's Labor Day rally? Um, look, I haven't been at a Labor Day rally in Brisbane for a few years because I've been away living on the Gold Coast. Um, but um, it looks like a good turnout. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, probably as healthy a turn as I've seen at the uh, majority of Brisbane Labor Day rallies in the past. Do you think you can attribute that to change the rules? Um, I think probably more about the issues generally to do with change the rules. Um, I, you know, really the uh, flattening real wages, depressed living standards, it's a salient issue. Um, whether the specific change the rules campaign um, has been successful in mobilising people around that, probably still too early to say, but uh, certainly I think uh, there needs to be some kind of campaign that uh, focuses on that. Um, as to how successful it is, um, wait and see. But uh, this looks like a pretty good turnout. Yeah, Dad, what's your general opinion about the union-led Change the Rules campaign? And do you think, how do you reckon those of us that more to the left of the Labor Party should relate to it? Um, 
Oh, look, there, there probably are a number of things that uh, could be uh, sharpened up about the campaign. Um, probably sort of one thing I'd say is uh, stronger linkages with uh, the current plight of uh, unemployed people and the draconian um, situation, the draconian rules and uh, regime that unemployed people, for example, face with... Uh, the level of Newstart and the Newstart access regime enforced by Centrelink and the job network, because there is a link between the uh, desperate situation that you put unemployed people in um, and then what bosses can do in terms of uh, saying to workers, well, you know, if they, you're not prepared to cop this, there's plenty of desperate people out there we can pick instead. So I'd probably say sort of um, more emphasis on uh, making that linkage. Thanks, Paul. So finally joined up with my union con uh, contingent, and who is here but Comrade Emma, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, so the thing that we've been on my way on the train, there's three questions that I thought, hello Patrick, how are you? That I thought were relevant to the rally. Like one is, is this bigger than usual? Has changed the rules had an impact? Do we have any sense of what the politics of change the rules are? And is there any way that those of us more left than the union leadership can have an impact? So, what do you reckon? That was a lot of questions in one go. I don't think it's bigger than last year. I do think that Change the Rules has made an impact. It would have been even smaller if it weren't for that. I think that the politics of this rally is not as positive as last year. We were just discussing about how the absence of the kind of equal love swell um, has uh, changed the kind of morale of the people here. And I think that change the rules is um, not particularly inspiring to the people that I've spoken to in terms of its electoralist kind of focus. How's everyone enjoying the rally? Good. Good. Yes. Anyway, can I ask you a couple of questions? I guess so. <laughs> so, bigger than usual? No, it seems smaller than usual. I don't know. What do you think? I see no noticeable impact. Mm, no, definitely no growth. Do you think Change the Rules is having any kind of resonance outside kind of diehard union officials and unionists? Not in my opinion. Um, so I'm not in a sector that is talking about it at all. So yes. Oh, we're coming up to the pro-lifers. My favourite group to hate. So for those listening at home, so these rallies traditionally walk past a group of Christian pro-lifers just as we head down one particular bit of the valley. So we're going into that right now. now these are all these are all kind of pro. So far we can't see the protesters just, they're just ahead. But before we get into that, so Edmay, just to return. Yes. Don't think much have changed the rules. No, I, I don't think it's had much, I don't think it's getting much airtime in the, like, yeah. Or, yeah. Look, I think that's really good to hear. I think people, I think people are in a bit of a bubble and there's a bit of kind of, you know, hope going on that Sally McManus can simultaneously, single-handedly save us all and we don't actually have to organise. Sure, yeah, there is a bit of that, I think. Because she's, um, yeah, she's got a lot of support, I guess, more than previous uh, union leaders, perhaps. Um, 
Uh, I have such strong feelings right now. You can move, go ahead. <laughs> How about you go home? Go home. We're just at the, near the showground and we're looking back at the rally. Emma, size? Maybe 5,000. I heard you say before, smallest in years. That's true, smallest in years. Yeah, well, okay. So. All right, so we've run into Greg. How are you, Greg? Oh, good, thanks, Dave. How are you? Greg, you're taking a kind of a political action at the moment. You're handing out leaflets at the rally. What are your leaflets about? Oh, well, we're handing out two leaflets. Uh, one's for a public meeting that's uh, promoting the uh, demand right to strike. So we think that that's a demand that needs to be pushed up the ladder, if you like. Uh, it's something that we think that the ACTU will probably run cold on and something that the uh, Bill Shorten we expect to sort of uh, play with a dead bat as well. So uh, as part of Change the Rules campaign, we're saying that uh, we need to uh, strongly assert the, the need for the uh, right to strike to be put back you know, on, the, uh, on the top of the agenda. What do you think generally of the Change the Rules campaign? Uh, I think it's uh, great that the ACTU is uh, taking a stand and uh, looking to put some pressure on the Labor Party to um, you know, do something about the industrial relations rules and, uh, and other rules that uh, have resulted in inequality in society. All right, brilliant. Thanks, Craig. Have a nice day, Dave. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, so I've, I've fallen back from my union contingent. I'm now with the ASU, ASU contingent. Here's Dom. Hello, how are we all? Uh, so, Dom, the things I've been trying to get people's opinions about today is, first of all, size of the rally. What do you reckon? Uh, I'm ha hard to tell, really, but big. Bigger than last year? Yeah, I think so. Because what I'm trying to work out is, um, is change the rules. Do you think it's having any kind of resonance in the class? Um, I would say it is, but I guess it depends what yardstick we're using to measure it. It's still largely a PR campaign, I would say, but... Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the discussions I've had with some people, particularly Sally, I think people know, like in terms of her profile, is probably better than previous ACTU presidents. So it's hard to know whether it's actually the campaign or whether it's, um, the, you know, the fact that it's a bit of that celebrity status stuff. And what do you reckon uh, is the ability of the left to kind of intervene into the campaign? Oh. <laughs> left, lack of a better term. Frank, let's, let's replace left with friends and comrades. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know if at the moment, I, I, I think, at the, uh, yeah, the problem I think is that the union bureaucracy um, are tr trying to do a lot with, you know, the, the class is, at, I, I would say at the moment, not confident, and the, the union bureaucracy um, try and substitute, I think, you know, the lack of confidence through their activity, which um, I think has become self-defeating, but I'd, I'd say at the same time, if there is some structures in which people are able to hold more meetings as opposed to waiting for it to be led by the unions. I think it's one of those funny things though is that the unions really do want active membership. Even the more conservative unions, I think, you know, really want their members to take a leading role, but the, the, re the structure of it just doesn't actually complement, I guess, a, a lot of that. And, and I'd say that, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, think that, I don't think that the class is um, yeah, I think that I just don't think that overall that the class is very confident. Thanks, Tom. So we've just run into Adrian Skerritt. Adrian Skerritt's handing out leaflets. Adrian, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good. So what are you handing out leaflets about today? Uh, today I'm handing out flyers. I'm doing a report back on the 20th of May about my experience at the Labor Notes conference in Chicago in, in April. Um, what's cool about the conference is at the centre of it, 
were a wave of teacher strikes in Oklahoma, West Virginia and Arizona and they've been illegal and they've been massive and they've won significant pay and condition improvements uh, for teachers. And I guess the other thing to point out that this has happened in Republican states and so Trump has sort of galvanised immense opposition uh, in his base, which is pretty interesting. And implications for Australia? I think the implications are, like but the theme of today is change the rules. I just think that's a little bit timid. I think what, what American teacher unionism demonstrates uh, is that you just break the rules and you pursue exactly what you need to pursue to keep people you know, healthy and with a roof over their head. So these are the three questions I've been kind of asked people today for the podcast. Like the first one all is, do you think today's rally is larger than usual? Uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it feels like an election rally and it feels like people want to, want to do something about their right to strike. I think that theme has, has brought out a large crowd. Yeah. Do you think change, do you see both of the rally and more broadly that if change the rules is resonating either with workers in unions or more broadly across the class? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, in my workplace, uh, no, I don't think it means a whole lot. In the, in the union forums that I'm, I'm part of, so, yes it does, but I, I suspect that speaks to uh, a disconnect between the, the messages coming from the officials and what ordinary working people are thinking about. And your opinion on the politics that the union, is put in, the union movement broadly have put in to change the rules? I think the politics are the same as usual, which is, you know, large sort of organising efforts to get uh, a Labor Party back in power in, in Canberra. And I think that's always at the expense of attention being paid to organising workplace by workplace and using the incredible gift that capitalism's given us, which is to withdraw our labour and bring economies and cities to a standstill until the right thing's done. So do you reckon those of us to the left of the union leadership do we have an opportunity to relate to change the rules? Yeah, we do, because there's something obviously that must be done. We, we have to break unfair rules. And I guess the opportunity is to, to talk to people and to start rebuilding our union movement workplace by workplace. And I think part of that has to involve breaking from the electoralism, which is, has a stranglehold over the, the leaderships of our, of our unions, that we have to organise with a view to improving things ourselves, industrially, and that doesn't always mean putting in all our resources to getting the ALP re-elected. All right, so I'm now joined with Max. How are you? Good, thanks. What do you think of the rally? Um, it's interesting. Um, I remember once someone described it as a bit of a funeral procession um, for the labor movement. It has a lot of color and vibe, and there's, I think people get something out of it. Um, but I was standing behind the Labor Party the whole time, and they were chanting, change the rules. And I kept thinking, you wrote the rules <laughs> um, and yelled at them that you wrote the rules. So I, I, I don't know. I think this, all this colour and movement always sort of like hide. I always feel like it hides. I don't know. I don't get, I don't get, I don't feel a sense of power out of it. Out of it. I think the other question is, of course, the unionised portion of the workforce is only over 13%, right? Yeah, that's right. And actually amongst my age group, in between 18 and 24, it's about 4 or 7%. Yeah. Now, some of, let's just step out of the way of the Communist Party. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> So from a time gone by. Uh, one of the things that I've been asking people is, do you think the rally is larger than other years? And can we use kind of numbers to, to see if um, change the rules is actually having impact in the class more broadly? Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I don't think... Yeah, I, I don't... Numbers at rallies are never really a good measure of anything, I find. I think, like, for instance, March 
March, uh, what was it, March against that? March in March. March in March, which was huge. And nothing happened afterwards. I mean, I think the unions have been very working very hard to mobilise. I've received like three texts from three separate unions. Um, and I think in an election year, they see that as important. But I haven't seen, I, I wouldn't say that the particular evidence that changed the rules has, has an effect in the broader class. Mm. I would say though that Sally McManus has certainly tapped onto like a, tapped into a messaging that I'm sure they're getting a lot of internal polling that suggests that in the same way that Corbyn's messaging resonates with the broader section of people, it's probably, I would say that that, mess, that sort of rhetoric, socialist rhetoric, resonates with a broader section of the class. But I don't think... Hey, hey come here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a second. But I think that necessarily means that, like, an appeal to trade unionism or unionism or anything like that is in particular... Like, I don't think anything around that has shifted or people intuitively know that rules need to change. Because I, I would say most of the class have never encountered the rules in that way. Like, they've never been forced not to strike. Mm. Or, you know, they've never they've never been on the coalface of an enterprise bargaining agreement. Yeah. Um, because it's so few percentage. Um, so, like, it doesn't really speak to their direct material lives. Um, if the union movement isn't even pursuing a unionist strategy, they seem to be pursuing more of a political strategy. So for those of us that are to the left of the union leadership, yes. for lack of a better term, is this an opportunity? Change the rules? Yeah. I think so. I think it's an opportunity because it hi at least highlights the contradictions between the Labour Party and the Labour movement. I got it. I got it. <laughs> And he's very excited to get a copy of Workers' Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. You know, the most, most it says something that those are some of the most exciting moments at the rally. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so do you think that, like... Because a lot of people talk about this as if it's an opportunity, and I'm not sure no. if that's true. Yeah, I think that's... No, I, to be honest, I'm not, it's hard... To, it, it perhaps is an opportunity that it highlights the failures of these sort of political strategies, that if we come out of the next federal election with a shortened government and no, none of the rules really substantially change, perhaps that's a nail in the coffin are around those sort of like, um, those ACTU Labor re-election campaign strategies. But then one would have thought that that would have happened after your rights at work and the introduction of the Fair Work Act. Um, but that didn't happen either. I don't particularly feel like it's an opportunity. Only The only opportunity I see is highlighting the contradictions between the Labor Party and the Labor movement. All right, I'm quickly talking with Annie. Annie's just informed me of some shenanigans at the back end of the rally. <laughs> yes, the scumbag block. Uh, joined the march and we uh, raised some chance for criticise the Labour Party's introduction of neoliberalism in Australia, sort of, in broad terms. Um, and, uh, and they got very angry at us and they looked at us very grumpily and then the Greens told us we shouldn't march with them because we make them look bad. I know. And I think it shows that they're all revisionists, honestly. <laughs> so I'm currently standing with a bunch of comrades who are all, I think, from Unite. Yeah, that's the identification. Um, what... I've been asking people a bunch of different questions. Like, one is, do you think the rally's bigger than other years? And do you think that shows either that change the rules is or is not resonating with the class? It's uh, Well, I don't know. It looks like the union contingents are bigger, but the non-union contingents are smaller. I've been here last time when there was a big, massive rat contingent, a big, massive CPA contingent, a big, massive, I don't know, Greens, and the Greens were bigger. Even the Labor Party was bigger. So I think that... Maybe with unionists, they kind of are relating a bit more, but people outside of the unions, I don't, I don't think it's bigger. I, I think it's actually smaller. Any other opinions? I think that the um, change of rules is being drummed up really hard by the unions at the moment, and so I think people are responding to that more. Not so much in that I think people are inspired by the, by the demands, because I honestly don't know what those Yeah, what are, are the demands? Who knows? We don't know. Um, but 
I think that it's more there's a sense that there's a campaign going on and people want to be part of it. But I don't think like unless it's very clear what's being raised, I don't think it's going to turn into much else from what it is at the moment. <coughs> Andrew, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, I just think it's not a very inspiring campaign. What? How come? Because it's just like, just like Annie said, there's no demands, there's no real substance to it, and it's also very like I think they have to aim higher than change the rules, you know. So a, bu a bunch of Unite comrades, you're, and Andrew, you're currently wearing an anti-poverty network yeah. T-shirt. So for listeners, these are comrades who spend a lot of time in Logan. Is that correct? Outside the Centrelink, organising around um, the horrific conditions that people in welfare have imposed on them. Just change the rules and the work that you're doing around there. Do they intersect in any way? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's it's not a very good. It's just it doesn't really resonate around there. We don't we don't meet a lot of people talking about that at all, you know. And it's like yeah, we just. I mean, we have to like, even with our own work, we have to aim higher than than you know. We got to we got we got to aim for the stars, you know. And hopefully, we'll land on the moon, you know. <laughs> Most people don't even like see like they don't because they're so uh, you know they're unemployed or they don't see, even see their unions half the time that they just don't relate to that kind of stuff. Like it's like you can change the rules, but they still got to pay too much rent. They're still getting a raw deal with Centrelink. They're still getting treated like dirt for being unemployed. So like yeah, from our perspective like the work we're doing with anti-poverty network it's just really really out of touch because people when you're unemployed they don't even like they feel like they don't even belong in a union and they don't have any place in that kind of society so it's just something that's just we don't even it, it doesn't uh, it's not something we even feel the need to engage with because it's just so far beyond the work we do with people on welfare like even though you know yeah sure change the rules change make Centrelink fairer make um you know like new start payment higher all that kind of thing but change the rules of this vague kind of concept that the unions are pushing it doesn't mean anything to you when you're unemployed and it doesn't mean anything to you when you're on in precarious work because yeah you might get whatever you might get some of these demands but you're still going to be you know in a pretty bad situation and struggling to get by so yeah it, it doesn't really do much for anyone well not for anyone that we work with I think uh, there's a lot of Labour people here today, and we also like. I know there's been comments recently about Bill Shorten's been saying like, "Oh, you need to raise New Start and things," but I mean, nobody's got signs or banners or any sort of real substance here. So I mean, we can probably expect more of that, just more empty promises, more empty campaigns. You know, we've got to actually go on the ground and do real work and and do it ourselves. You know. And it was the Labour government that generalised the basics card outside of the Northern Territory intervention to places like Logan. It's like, on the one hand, we do work with Labor out there, and there are some progressive Labor uh, local uh, politicians who are pretty good dudes, but at the same time, like, where you know, people know, like, that Labor hasn't been a friend to the unemployed either, and so we're kind of navigating this, you know, like, we're not going to act as apologists for the Labor Party. Like, we'll work with them when they want to work with us, but we're going to tell them that, you know, like, people see you as the enemy, and you've got to... And we don't trust you either, you know? We want to, but we can't because you made these rules in the first place. Okay, so I'm running to Bo Spiram, who's a very prominent uh, Indigenous activist. Bo, you're still involved in the group War, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, still involved in War, yeah. So, change the rules. For someone who's an Indigenous person involved in Indigenous struggles, is there a relationship? What do you think about it? Does it speak to what Indigenous people are struggling for and, and want? Um, of course, you know, like, um, there's always been that uh, relationship with, you know, Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal activists. I actually done an interview um, to play this morning on 98.9 FM with Paddy Gibson, 
and he's um, he's doing his PhD. A lot of his research is in um, a lot of the involvement with the Communist Party and the, and the union movement in the 1920s and 30s. And we had a yarn about how, um, you know, um, under the White Australia policy in the early days, a lot of the unions sort of were um, against Aboriginal involvement within unions, but then they sort of saw and, and realised... Um, you know, that their um, you know, worker struggle was very, very similar to the struggle of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people within, within this country. And um, I think, you know, like that's one of the important things you've got to remember about these days is, you know, whether we're talking about the union struggle or the Aboriginal struggle, there was always um, solidarity going on between you know, each um, our struggle and movement and stuff. You know, when we talk about the Vincent and Gary, um, the way for walk-off, when we talk about the Pilbara strike, you know, or even nowadays when we're talking about um, you know, First Nations Workers Alliance you know, really getting in the trenches and on the grounds um, in a lot of remote communities around the country. Uh, when we're talking about the CDP, the Community Development Program, I think it is, you know, that are really ripping off um, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander workers in remote communities. You know, they get $11, $11 an hour you know, and they have to work five hours um, uh, 25, 20 to 25 hours a week. If not, you know, that's um, one mark against them. If they get three, then they're cut off for eight weeks. That's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, like this is another struggle, you know, um, you know, where, you know, they, like the union movement has, you know, supported and showed solidarity, you know, with our mob, um, you know, which is, which is something that, you know, um, you know, like you hope people, you know, here today uh, realise, you know, that long history. You know, um, you know, like obviously they remember the the Eureka Stockade and and you know sort of um, um, you know the, the birth of that there and like the recognition that you know is around with that and also with that flag. You know, we just hope that you know lots of people still understand you know how important you know it is to show solidarity not just to the Aboriginal struggle but for Aboriginal mob to um, show solidarity to the union movement as well because. Um, you know, like when we talk, you know, different places around the world, you know, like in England, you know, when they had, when they um, abolished uh, slavery, uh, they had slave catchers, you know, still going around catching slaves in England, you know, and, and a lot of the uh, people that would help, you know, um, the slaves and the African uh, people in, in, in England and, and Europe were, you know, working class people. You know, like when we talk about racism um, and also, you know, um, you know, like right-wing ideologies, you know, like they never start from a working-class point of view. They are always from a top-down point of view. You know, so like I think it'd be like really, really good to sort of exercise and you know um, look at you know the rich history between you know indigenous people all around the world and also the union movement, and also understand that you know when we talk about racism, you know it is actually from a top-down point of view, um, and, and 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 like examine you know. Um, um, those those things because you know like I'm not going to say everybody here is racist but you know there, there was, there's always you know those racist point of views um, and beliefs you know when you know, um, you know the majority of the crowd no point denying it right no no of course not but then also I think it's also important to, to, you know, to state that you know not all these people are racist and that there but you know like there there is this massive movement that everybody you know needs to get. Um, involved in, you know, and like over the last few years, you know, like with the Invasion Day marches all around the country, we've, we've seen this massive, massive movement of non-Aboriginal people getting involved, you know, and saying whether they're saying change day or whether they're saying, you know, abolish Australia Day, you know, they're actually getting involved in a discussion, you know, with Aboriginal people on a day, you know, such as 26 January. Mm. Now, like the Change Rules campaign 
seems to be largely driven to re-electing a Labor government. I don't think the Labor Party has had anything to offer, from my perspective, Indigenous people since the Hawke-Keating days, and even then it was a bit shit, right? What's your opinion on, is there anything that uh, Indigenous people can hope from a change in federal government? Definitely not. You know, like, you know, like, um, you know, like no change can come from top down. You know, it's got to come from a grassroots perspective. You know, like everything that Aboriginal people, sorry, everything that Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people have today never came from a, you know, a governmental position. It always came with Aboriginal people on the ground, Aboriginal people you know, getting bashed and, and sadly dying, you know, on the streets, you know, within these confrontations. That's how change came for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. It never came, you know, by, you know, elected Aboriginal people, whether it's Labor, Liberal, Greens, whatever. You know, it always came, you know, um, in some places around a fire and then also pushing that narrative of, you know, like we make change and we are the change you know, that we want. Um, yes, yeah, so no, like, I don't think, you know, like um, this new campaign will sort of change the perspective of, of Aboriginal people. And then when, you know, this sort of discussion comes up in and around, um, you know, um, Aboriginal Australian people, you know, it's always, you know, from a tokenistic point of view. Um, you know, like we saw over the last, what, almost 10 years, you know, like really, really trying to push this inclusion of Aboriginal people into the constitution. You know, at the moment, you know, like they've extended the Northern Territory um, emergency response um, and they've changed that to stronger futures. Um, you know, where we see, you know, um, paramilitary police officers patrolling Aboriginal communities, Aboriginal communities having their payments, quarantines. Yeah, that's, that's where welfare quarantining is originally yeah. rolled out, mm -hmm. right? De definitely. Definitely, you know, and now um, you look all over the country, that like in West End, you know, like not far from me, I'm sure here as well, and in the Valley, um, you know, um, there'll be shops that accept the basics card. Um, you know, like, like, like this is something that all was always tried on Aboriginal people, and then, you know, and then it's been implemented out to, you know, everybody by, you know, everybody um, after Aboriginal people. You know, like these are some of the things that we've got to look at. One of the things that when I spoke to Lara Watson as well from First Nations Works Alliance, she said the exact same thing. Yeah, they try these. They always, you know, put these things on black followers first. You now, if, if, if non-Aboriginal people don't get behind to support this movement and stop it now, it's going to come for you guys as well. Yeah. So we actually, it's not just anti-racism, not just from good intentions, but non-Indigenous people have a material interest in the self-determination of Indigenous people as well. Of course, totally. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, like um, there's 23 million people here, you know, and like they're all not going to get kicked out and go, you know, back to England or back to wherever. You know, like we're like we're already established communities and peoples and cities um, within this country today. You know, all we, you know, it is about you know, um, you know, coming together and and, and working together. Um, you know, like you're saying, it's um, there is a vested interest. You know, um, I'd say within the liberation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. You know, because once we realise that our liberation is bound together, you know, then um, things like this here, you know, will be more inclusive and more true to its essence of when, when it started as well. I, I'm talking to Margie, who's a member of the ASU. How are you, Margie? I'm good. I'm Margie Pistorius. I'm from Cairns. Did you come down particularly for the rally? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. No. I came down to see my. I came down to see my little son Joseph. Oh, I understand. He's not that little. <laughs> I know. He's uh, got big while I was away. So I've, I've been going around and asking people a number of different questions, trying to think about change the rules. So the first one would be. 
Today's rally, do you think it's larger or smaller than Labor Day rallies in Brisbane historically? Well, I can't say that because I'm from Cairns. I'm mean, the I first one. In, I grew up in Brisbane, but I never came to Labor Day rallies when I came in Brisbane. But I'm from Cairns, so I haven't lived here for 30 years. But I tell you what, it's much bigger than Cairns. So did you go to the Cairns Labor Day rally? I do. I do go to the Cairns Labor Day rally. And yeah. do you think Change the Rules, you know, there's a lot of hype around Change the Rules. Do you think it's resonating either with union members or with what we might call the working class more broadly? Uh, I wouldn't say in my workplace I see any of that, but I do. I have noticed the presence at the at the city markets in Cairns, Rusty's Markets. I've noticed the Labor Party crew running that as a union thing, but my guess is they're Labor Party people running it as a union thing. So that always makes me a bit suspicious. Well, that's the next point, right? So what what's your evaluation of what you think the politics of what Change the Rules actually is all about? Um, well, we're in a federal liberal arena and, uh, you know, the movement is always trying to build a movement in that time so that you're more likely to have people to help at election time. So I, I, that's, that's, that's my cynical view, though I have to say as a unionist, what I do like about it is the idea of building a movement and I think uh, that we need to build movements and see where those movements go and how they support, but I wouldn't like to see those movements support the Labor Party, which I see as a major supporter of militarism, increasing militarism in Australia. And just generally shit. And generally shit, but we wouldn't like. I don't want to go too broad. I'd just like to go with militarism, which I feel is broad enough right now. And um, the the Labor Party is, you know, and and so where the union movement supports that rise in militarism, I'm very concerned about that. And I think, um, but I have to say, like the whole change the rule around contracts. That's something that affects me in uh, my workplace in a in a health charity, and um, a health charity, uh, you know that's based on contracts has got no permanency people can't uh, use an, Im an imagination to create um, to, 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 to do good practice I'm a social worker you know and good practice comes from longevity and relationships and what I find is that you know really we do have to think that your rights at work are worth fighting well, for well this is quite interesting Ian has just pulled out a banner that says behind it says workers of all country unite but he has the your rights at work Worth Fighting For sticker, which was the 2007 campaign that very quickly became Your Rights at Work Worth Voting For, which brought the Labor Party to, to, to power, that then wrote the rules that we are currently told we are organising to change. Yeah, well, that's a very complex Labor Party business that I am not really across. What I see is an increase in contracts in my workplace yeah. and that those contracts require... Um, create a very bad service delivery and and that what I see in my workplace is a whole lot of English middle class people coming into managerial positions and uh, colonising far north Queensland and uh, and using contracts to keep people very uh, fragmented and disconnected and none of that I like because it doesn't create good service delivery. Now, do you think the Change the Rules campaign is going to contribute in any way for workers in your industry to organise against those contracts? Uh, no. I don't see that, you know, we're in a small town, Cairns is a small country city, and I don't see anybody organising very well except the Labor Party trying to reach out to get support for their work. Arise, you workers from your slumbers Arise, you prisoners of want For reason and revolt now thunders And at last ends the age of Kant 
Away with all your superstition Servile masses arise, arise We'll change henceforth the old tradition We'll spun the dust to win the prize ah, So comrades, come rally And the last fight let us face The internationally Unites the human race As our comrades come rally And the last fight let us face The internationally Unites the human race No more deluded by reaction on tyrants only will make war The soldiers too will take strike action They'll break ranks, they'll fight no more And if those cannibals keep trying To sacrifice us to their pride They soon shall hear the bullets flying We'll shoot the generals on our own side Us our comrades from rally And the last fight let us face the internationally unites the human race As our comrades come rally And the last fight let us face The internationally unites the human race No saviour from an high delivers No faith have we in prince or peer Our own right hand the chains must shiver Chains of hatred, greed and fear There the themes will out with their booty And give to all a happier lot Each at the forge must do their duty And will strike while the iron is hot as our comrades come rally And the last fight let us face The internationally unites the human race As our comrades come rally And the last fight let us face The internationally unites the human race The internationally Unites the human race